Herzlich willkommen, Sianam Gela, and welcome to the Bundesliga Connection with Chris Harrington on the SL Podcast in partnership with DW Berlin. It's time for the latest from Germany's domestic football league, the Bundesliga. And for that, we are joined by Chris Harrington from our partner station, DW, in Berlin. Chris, it's good to see you. Um, you predicted October will be a test for Bayern Munich's endurance. Um, an undefeated Frankfurt traveled to the Alliance Arena and received a hammer blow. Uh, what can you tell us about that match? Yeah, that's one way to put it, a hammer blow. You're 5 nothing. Well, uh, history was not on the side of Frankfurt to begin with. In Munich, they haven't won in 20 years, you know, and uh, it was another historical performance from Lewandowski, you know. But uh, speaking of Frankfurt, their coach, Adi Hutter, a pregame press conference had already hailed Bayern as the best club in the world, in my opinion. That doesn't always give the best vote of confidence to your own players. You got to motivate them to feel like they can dethrone the monster. Well, it didn't happen. Uh, there was a horrible setback in the uh, landslide victory. Alfonso Davies got his boot caught in the turf very early in the match, injured his ankle. He'll be out to six to eight weeks, and that's horrible because Flick gave him the nod. He wanted him to step up his form. It's been dipping as of late, and to see this happen, you know, it's a horrible setback. You know, so I do wish him well. But uh, the hero of the day undoubtedly was Lewandowski. Ten goals in five matches. He outdoes his own record. It was nine goals. Now he has ten. A hat trick. Beautiful. Left foot, header, right foot. He could do it all. You know, uh, and there was some dessert in this match. Leroy Sané. I've been waiting to see Sané. A shame Gnabry has COVID-19. Of course, he was out due to mm. that. But the two wings, Sané, when he checked in less than five minutes later, he showed us what's to come. I mean, that was a beautiful left-footed goal. A bullet would have been a goal against any competition, in my opinion. And then the youngest of them all, a 17-year-old, Jamal Musiala, remember that name? He contributed a goal uh, to put the nail in the inevitable coffin. You know, so it was a beautiful match, and uh, we have to see what happens. Uh, but uh, despite that great performance, they're still number two on the table. They're looking up at RB Leipzig, the two-face-off December 5th. I think that will be a very pivotal match. Indeed, one we're definitely looking forward to. Now, the biggest rivalry took place between uh, Dortmund and Schalke. And with uh, the COVID-19 restrictions in place, uh, no fans are allowed back in. Um, but it doesn't look like it, that slowed Dortmund down at all. No, not at all. But uh, just to clarify the fans, 300 no away fans are allowed. 300 uh, right. home fans were there. There was one fan representing Schalke. He got a ticket from a Dortmund, <laughs> uh, Dortmund fan, and uh, he was over there sitting alone. You know, uh, and that really spoke to the landslide uh, reality of this match. I mean, a three nothing, you know, a victory for Borussia Dortmund. Schalke is not a team uh, that is a team that can win right now. Okay, they have no win behind their sale whatsoever. A new coach is coming on board. You know, they lost their best player, Weston McKinney, to Juventus. You know, so they're not looking good right now. And Dortmund capitalized on that. Uh, Akanji had a goal. Akanji's goal uh, speaks volumes because he just came back from COVID-19. He was out for 14 days. It's good mm. to see him contribute. Holland does what he does. Uh, Mats Hummels, though. Mats Hummels is a big story of this match because he checked something off his bucket list. He's never netted against... Schalke, this is their, uh, they are their bitter rivals, of course. 
you know, but I, I do think it's a watered down victory. I think there's no need for a parade in the streets because Schalke is uh, sour right now. You know, mm. it does take a bit away from the victory. We'll have to see if this momentum carries over to the Champions League because that's where Dortmund has to really, you know, show up and show that they can compete. We saw what Lazio did to them at the hands of their former player, Immobilia. You know, so we have to see uh, what how they look against Zanit. And uh, I wish him well, but um, it's good to have that victory because it does mean a lot despite it being definitely a lackluster uh, Ruhr derby between the two uh, bitter rivals. Indeed, it seems all the teams have quite a compressed fixture schedule um, with the uh, compressed season thanks to COVID. But speaking of Dortmund, Chris, you recently spoke about um, South Africa's Armenia-Bielefeld connection and Bielefeld will be facing Dortmund on the weekend who also have a history with South African players. Uh, what can you tell us about Stephen Pinar and Dalron Buckley's time with them? Well, uh, night and day, you know, Stephen Pinar, we can remember he was a key member of the Ajax team that won the Dutch League you know, in 2002 and 2004, he's captain Bafana Bafana. You know, the timing was really bad. He comes over to Dortmund. You know, he signs a contract, expected to be a playmaker. They give him the number 10 jersey. But there were a lot of coaching issues, you know, during this time. 27 appearances, nothing to show for it. And uh, we know he's a playmaker. Mm. Uh, but the one thing interesting about that is, you know, in that offseason, he sat down with the coach. He had plans to turn things around. But unexpectedly his agent called him and told him that Everton was interested, you know, so he jumped on board. So Thomas Dole at Dortmund during this time, he was the head coach. You know, it seemed like they all wanted him to go. Pinar was taking the blame, you know, for the not winning and so forth. All fingers were pointed at him, you know, but he wanted to turn things around. But then, you know, a longtime dream, you know, ultimately was fulfilled when he joined Everton, uh, mm -hmm. Everton and turned things around, you know, uh, with his career. You know, and uh, speaking about Buckley, Buckley, completely different scenario. Buckley actually played for both teams. You know, Delron really <laughs> uh, blew up for uh, uh, Bellafeld. You know, that that's where he and, and, and not only that on the pitch, but also in his private life. He got married there, has a daughter there. You know, uh, he, he has some serious love for Bellafeld. The problem was the uh, success did not translate immediately when he signed on to Borussia Dortmund. You know, uh, and plus he got injured. You know, there are a lot mm. of expectations, you know, for him to score a lot of goals. He was coming off a double-digit performance at Bellafeld. You know, we didn't see that. And the injury obviously handicaps things, <coughs> handicaps things. You know, and there was a lot of pressure on Dortmund in this time period. This was, you know, uh, 2006, seven. you know, around this time, you know, uh, five, you know, as, as well. Dortmund were in debt. Dortmund had a lot of high-priced players. You know, they couldn't get things done. And, uh... Dortmund do have a loyal fan base, and the last thing you want to do is be on the wrong end, you know, uh, of that fan base and uh, pretty much uh, be blamed for everything going wrong, you know. And that was the situation with Buckley, but then things flipped when he came back. You know, he was on loan, he won a domestic cup abroad, you know, then came back. The love had changed, everything had changed. You know, Dortmund had reached the DF, uh, the German Cup final, mm -hmm. you know, and everything was great, you know, with that. And, and, and he, he feels that it was bad timing, you know, uh, initially when he speaks about his Dortmund days in terms of the first his first visit with the club. You know, he's known for uh, scoring goals, being injured. Obviously, it hurts when he can't find the back of the net. He's blamed because that's what he's supposed to do. He's very mm -hmm. versatile in front, you know. But um, I, I do think and I think he thinks as well, you know, if you fast forward him, you know, to a different Dortmund situation, different uh, culture at the club, they've been winning and so forth. Maybe his experience, you know, would have been a lot different, 
you know, but nonetheless, he does have a lot of love for Dortmund and isn't lost. And here's one for you uh, that I found very interesting in his story. You know, uh, Mats Hummels netted his goal in the Roar Derby. Well, uh, Buckley used to take Mats Hummels to training because, you know, they linked <laughs> up. They were teammates when Mats Hummels didn't even have his driver's license. Wow. You know, and uh, and, and it really speaks. He talks about how humble he, he, he was and still is. You know, so I thought that was a nice nugget uh, because obviously – Mats Hummels is carrying uh, the Dortmund torch momentarily. Incredible. Well, we certainly hope to see some more South Africans um, in the Bundesliga in future. But Chris, as always, before we wrap up, we ask, has anything else hit your radar this week that we need to be aware of? Yeah, one rumor that's really out there. I don't know how far out there, but I found <laughs> it quite interesting. Thomas Müller, right? We all know he's been performing. He turned his career around basically last season with astronomical numbers and assist categories and so forth, a playmaker and so on. He was cooking, you know, uh, it, it, it recently in, in the Champions League and so forth. So um, the rumor is Yogi Love, the head coach of the German national team, could get fired if he refuses to recall Thomas Müller. We do know the German national team needs more creativity. They're underperforming right now in the Nations League. You know, this is rumor and speculation. I do find that interesting, though, because Yogi Love seems to never go back on his word. And I don't know if some pressure, the pressure mounting with better performances for Mulo on the pitch, you know, might, you know, push him over that line and, and force him to do something he wouldn't do. I know Thomas Mulo is interested. Obviously, he's focused on potentially completing what I would call a triple uh, double the treble two years back uh, to back right now, mm. Bayern Munich definitely look uh, pitted to accomplish that. I don't, th I think you'd be a fool to say they couldn't do that, you know, but I, I do find uh, that international possibility interesting when it comes to Thomas Muller. Indeed. Well, thank you very much for the Bundesliga update. Chris Harrington from our partner station, DW in Berlin, Germany. Have a great week. You as well. The Bundesliga Connection is a team effort driven by the following incredible individuals. The show is hosted by Slu Paho and Chris Harrington. It is produced by Chris Harrington. It is edited by Simon Strella and Uli Prisch. And graphics are provided by Nino Segeleni.